Holy Spirit. And we thank you that our hearts are open on tonight to receive what you would have for us to receive. God, I bind that offense, God, in the name of Jesus. I come against strife in Jesus' name, and I loose your love, God. And I thank you on tonight, God. We look at ourselves so we can look at others better in Jesus' name. And I thank you, Father, that I am crucified with Christ, and it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. In Jesus' name, amen. I pray that through this teaching we see ourselves. And if we see ourselves, we don't have time to look at nobody else. I don't know about you, but through this teaching, ooh, man, whatever you teach on is what's going to come at you. And we have to be ready, willing, and able for what's coming. Amen? And especially when it comes from those that are close to you. You got to know how to handle it, and you have to handle it with the word of God. You have to say, Holy Spirit, Handle me with this word, because sometimes we really don't know residue that's left over that we haven't dealt with. And the most um, humble thing that we can do as believers is to humble ourselves. And when you know you're not wrong, sometimes you have to be wrong so you can bring that person back where they need to be. Amen. Some people say, well, I'll be lying. If I say I'm wrong and I ain't wrong, no, you just, you humbling yourself and you said, forgive me, I'm sorry. Maybe there was some type of misunderstanding that I did not see. That's how you bring it. And when you bring it that way, sooner than later, it may be later, (laughs) people will come back to you. Because if they are truly born again, I want y'all to catch this. If we are truly who we say we are in Christ, it should not take you until the return of Christ to go to no one. And if it takes you that long and you still don't see, it's because you choose not to. Because you have an helper, which is the Holy Spirit. And we have to allow him to help us and to show us that we are out of character. That's not being Christ-like, and that's when the flesh really hurt, when you know that the Holy Spirit is convicting you, and what he convict you of is righteousness. He reminds you of who you are now that you're in Christ, and that's not the way Christ would have handled that, amen? So let's go back over what we went over a little last week, and we're going to add a little bit more to it. We talked about offense, and offense is words or deeds that entice you to sin words and actions deeds is action that entice you to sin offense is a trap it's a bait that satan used to get you to sin and if we don't recognize offense then what happens is is hidden and the enemy uses that to entice us to sin we went over luke 17 1 which says, and Jesus said to his disciples, temptations, snares, traps to set to entice to sin are sure to come. But woe to him by or through they come. So Jesus is talking to his disciples. Disciples, we know they are followers. They are learners of Christ. When you are followers and learners of Christ, what happens is, um, you know how Paul say, follow me as I follow Christ. 
How would you know he's following Christ or I'm following Christ if you're not in the word of God and being taught? Some people follow in and everything because it sounds good and because it feels good. You think it's nothing wrong with it. But the more you get into the word of God and the more you taught the word of God, you're going to begin to see things that carnally minded people do not see. So Jesus was talking to the disciples because they were following him. So they were learning from him. So don't even get offended when God is bringing this teaching to you to help you to see what's in your life. He helps us to see these things so we can do something with what we're seeing. Now, if I'm teaching dealing with offense, if I'm teaching dealing with strife, and we hear God bringing the word up in here, but we go home and we don't do nothing with it, then you're going to go back into that same pattern. I discussed that some of us can say we're sorry, but we have to be godly sorry. When you godly sorry, you don't go back to that same thing again. I'm going to say that again. When you godly sorry, what you're going to do is you're going to ask the Holy Spirit to deal with you. You're going to ask the Holy Spirit to show you that root. You're not going to just go to somebody and say, I'm sorry. And you, you know, I love you and I'm so sorry and shed some tears, but never get into the word of God to uproot the seed. Because it's a seed that has been planted. It may have been planted, you know, that week and you haven't done nothing with it. So that seed begin to grow. A fence will grow. And when a fence begin to grow, it's more than a fence that's there now. You have an anger. You have in pride. You have in jealousy because you did not handle what took place. Some people say, oh, I ain't going to mess with it. You know, I'm not going to mess with it. By not messing with it, it's growing. And the more it grows, the bigger it gets. Some of us don't even realize, and I'm going to say this, we walk around as liars. I'm going to say it again. We walk around as liars, and we know that God don't want a liar in his sight. And the only reason why we can come before God is because of Jesus. But we know when we're walking around in front of people and telling them it's okay. When deep down inside, we know without a shadow of a doubt, it's not okay. It would never be okay. You know what you did, and I'm looking for you to do it again. But we're telling them it's okay. Y'all, it's not okay because we're allowing the enemy to use us. And when we stay in that realm, when we stay in the realm dealing with Satan's kingdom, what happens is it grows more and more and more. And then we begin to dislike that person more and more and more. And then we shy away from that person. It don't make no difference if they talk to us or not. So we need to quit lying to ourselves when the truth is right there in front of you. When you know the truth, you want to live by the truth. Because the only way you get set free is knowing the truth. But if you don't take time to get into the word and know what truth is, you're thinking that you're okay. So that's why Jesus had to bring this to his disciples. He had to let them know. Now I want you to know. It is impossible that offense won't come. He says it's a sure thing. It is a surety that offense will come. Come on, this is coming from Jesus. He's letting his followers know it's going to come. But he said, whoa, this is what gets me. He said, whoa to the one that brings it. 
Whoa, he's talking to the disciples, the followers of Jesus Christ. Now, it's one thing to know about offense, but when you bring an offense, now he said, let me go back there because this is what he says like for the ones that bring offense to make people stumble, to make them sin. He goes on to say, it is better, it were better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck and he cast into the sea than that he should offend one of these little ones. Now, he's not talking about little kids. He's talking about babes in Christ. He's talking about the ones that have just come to Christ and they're just coming to Christ. They may have been saved for a year. Some may have been saved for six months. And I'm going to be honest with you. You got 20-year-old Christians that are babes in Christ that don't know. And when you know the right way of doing things, you don't offend them. You don't entice them. You don't say words and actions to get them to stumble, to get them to fall into sin. That's what offense is. So we have some 20-year-old Christians that still babes. How do I know? We went over that when it came to Paul and Silas, when they were debating on, you know, dealing with Paul and Silas. And Paul had to correct them. He said, you know, this is how I know that you're carnal. He said, this is how I know that you're still walking carnally because there's jealousy. There's envy amongst you. He said, that's how I know that you're carnal. Uh, I'm not calling you carnal. <laughs> I don't know anybody say she said carnal was carnal. No, I didn't. That's how you know you still currently minded when you're walking around that way. That's how people see you. Oh, you're not ready for meat. You still own milk and you've been saved for 20 years because you got the same mindset. And he said, it's not about Apollos. It's not about me. It's about God. That's why he said one plant, one water. God give the increase. He said, we're here to work together. But Paul recognized carnally minded Christians that's always stirring up something based on the flesh and not based on the spirit. So that's how you recognize Christians that is always saying, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, speaking in tongues. But yet they're living carnally. Yet they cannot um, dissolve a disagreement without saying it ain't my fault. It's their fault. Why I got to calm down. Why I got to be the bigger person? Hey, you've been saved longer. That's what you said. Sometimes people that you think know, they really don't know. They're really not in a place to know. And I'm going to tell you how sometimes people get carnal. When you're in different denominations, and some denominations may not go this far with the fence and really teach on what it is, they let people come in and out of church, and long as they're coming in and they're giving their money, that's okay. No matter what they do or how they do it, long as they're paying them tithes, they're okay. Those are carnally-minded Christians because we're supposed to let people know where they are in Christ. We're supposed to teach them the way of the Lord so they can see, okay, I got some offense in me. So if they come into another church, and that church is teaching about offense and they're teaching on how you're supposed to love and how you're supposed to humble yourself. They're going to get mad at the pastor and say, the pastor don't like me. Because they're giving you what you need. You're not used to that way. You're used to hating somebody in the church and going on about your business and act like everything is okay. 
It don't work. Or you used to leave in the church because you can't have your way because you got offended. But we supposed to teach you what the word says. Now, whatever you choose to do with it, that's your business. But you can't come into unity with the body of Christ if you don't recognize I have an issue. I have an issue. The word supposed to show you that root and show you what to do once you see that root. We look in the book of Timothy, 2 Timothy 2, 24 through 26, and it reads this. I'm reading out the Amplified Bible. And the servant of the Lord must not be quarrelsome. That means fighting and contending. Let's start right there. I'll use me. (laughs) If I'm always quarreling, being contentious with my husband, fighting with him, The Bible say it is better to be on a rooftop than with a contentious woman. That means with a woman that all they do is fuss all the time. You come in from work and they fussing. Before you do anything, sit down in the chair, they're fussing. From the time you get up to the time you lay down, they are fussing. They're quarrelsome all the time. You can't even ask them a question without them blowing you out. Men get on the rooftop. Stay there, but I guarantee you they'll meet you up there. They ain't going to let you get up there by yourself. They're going to go up there and sit beside you and irk you. Because a woman, some women don't know how to shut up. Because some men will sit there and get used to the woman fussing, and they consider that normal living. But somebody that come to your house, and they hear that, they be like, man, you need to shoot her dead. You need to take her outside, shoot her, and I'll help you bury her. <laughs> but that's not how it's supposed to be. We're supposed to be Christ-like. We're supposed to do things the way that he do. And y'all, the word is saying, and the servant of the Lord, are we servants of the Lord, must not be quarrelsome, fighting and contending. Instead, he must be kindly to everyone. Y'all hear what he put in there, everyone. Now that's tough. And mild-tempered, preserving the bond of peace, He must be a skilled and suitable teacher, patient and forbearing and willing to suffer wrong. How many are willing to suffer wrong when you know you didn't do nothing wrong? Jesus suffered. He was on the cross suffering for all of our sins. He knew that he hadn't done anything wrong. But guess what? This man kept his mouth shut. He didn't say nothing because if Jesus had opened his mouth, all of us would have been dead. All of us, but Jesus didn't say nothing because he knew what he had to go through for the father. And by him going through what he going through, now we can tell people about what he went through. And that's what's going to draw them to Christ. He said, if I be lifted up, all men shall be drawn unto me. If he had not been lifted up, we wouldn't be able to draw nobody unto him. But Jesus had to be silent. In order for us to be drawn under him, he had to show love in the midst of hate. He had to humble himself on that cross because he knew he did no wrong. We have to learn to humble ourselves when somebody is speaking and we apologize and we say we're, we're so sorry. And they look at you and they say, oh, you sorry, all right. You did your part. You apologize. You cannot make them realize that you're sorry. When you know your heart is right before the Lord and you meant it from your heart that you're sorry, you go on about your business. 
But if you still have something in your heart, don't tell people that you're sorry and you know you're not sorry. Because you're still holding something. People wait a long time to tell people, can I talk to you for a minute? Can can I share this with you? I've been holding this for a while. Do y'all know the enemy play on your words? He play on your thoughts. He play on your feelings. He play on your will, your emotions. The The longer you hold it the worse it gets. And nobody don't want to hear nothing you have to say then that are not where they need to be in the Lord. They'll be like, you mean you've been holding this for five years and now you're going to come to me and try to fix something? For five years, you've been letting me go out thinking that this was okay with you and it wasn't okay and you've been hanging with me? That's not God, y'all. God don't do that because he gave us a solution to every problem that we would face here on earth. He gave us a word before we even face those problems. So he's telling us this is how we should be. Verse 25, I love this one. He must correct his opponents. Did y'all hear that? He must correct his opponents with courtesy and gentleness. That means when you bring in correction to someone, you come in a gentle spirit, a meek spirit. You don't come in a spirit of, I'm going to fix you this time because I had enough. I done told you once. I done told you twice. Now I'm going to really tell you now because you should have had it by now. So when you come in like a bulldog, like a broken scripter, like a python, you are losing your brother and sister because you think they should be where you are there might be a root to why they're not where you are so you got to begin to pray for them and say father I know they ain't ignorant I know they're not stupid I know this father so what is it that's keeping them from receiving what I have for them what is it because right now I want to go to them and I want to tell them a piece of my mind but that's not your way father that's not the way you taught me to go You told me to go in meekness. You told me to go in love. So help me, Father, to meet this person where they are. I don't want to lose them. I want to bring them back to you through me. So help me, but deal with me first. God got to deal with us first before we go to anybody. Because sometimes we have off days. Who don't have them? Come on, y'all. Who don't have off days? Who don't wake up on the, what is it, the rough side or the opposite side of the bed or whatever you call it? Who don't wake up with attitude? You wake up with one because you lay down with one. Your thoughts was off. And don't let nobody try to interrupt you while you're trying to sleep and you've been tossing and turning all night. Somebody's going to get cussed out. Somebody's going to get told off because they just tapped you. They don't know you were tossing and turning all night. Because many times my husband, if he do me like that right there and hit me wrong, man, don't hit me like that. So I have to ask God, why I don't want him to touch me like that? That's my hook. See, I go back to me, y'all. I'm going to be honest. He just tapping me. But it's something to that tap that's irritating me. So y'all remember toothpick? I was irritated with him picking his teeth. It just done something to me. It just lit my fire and I just lit into him. But one day in prayer, the Lord said it has nothing to do with that toothpick. With him using a toothpick. It has something to do with something you haven't dealt with. And that is irritating you even the more. So it was bringing a fence between us. He said, my man, how else am I going to pick my teeth? 
how else am I going to do it? Ain't no other. You can do it quieter than you're doing it. So I was just losing it, y'all. I'm being honest. So when the Lord started dealing with me with the toothpick, I'll hand him a toothpick now. I will. And if I feel like that feeling is coming, y'all know how the devil tried to bring that feeling back and the room can be so quiet and all you hear is da da Y'all know what I'm talking about. I have to pray. Jesus, I've been delivered. Yes, I have. I've been delivered. This man got a right to pick his teeth. I mean, I even bought a toothpick. So, Lord, help me so I won't go off in here. So the Lord let me know, you still got something else there. Because y'all act like y'all ain't never been irritated by people. Some people you hang around ain't your husband, ain't your wife. They irritate you. They get on your, the closer you get to people, it is better to keep your distance. Because the closer you bring them to you, they're going to see something in you. You're going to see something in them. And it's going to be something you've never seen before. But all of a sudden, you're like, that Gloria Burgess. You're noticing it because you done got closer to Gloria. So you're noticing everything that she does. I remember little Sky Sky. They, when they went in the kitchen one Sunday, Sky was sitting there, y'all. I, I just move my hands when I move. It's not nothing that I practice. But she had every move. And she was repeating after me. I said, look at there. Even a child knows what you do and how you do it. So what I'm saying, the closer you get to someone, oh, y'all, that's when they can really get you burning. But when you don't get too close to people, you don't be noticing those things that you wouldn't notice before. I'm telling you. So my advice to you, I always tell people, you have associates on your job. And you treat them like associates. And you go home. Because otherwise, when things begin to happen, I remember with my son, he, he started his first job dealing with the trucking um, business, and he would go in, and he would come back and be laughing at how the guys be laughing and picking at everybody else. And I said, hold it. I said, the same way they picked at them, they're going to pick on you. Put yourself in their shoes and see how you would feel if you were being picked on. Guess what, y'all? It happened. Now he was the victim. Now the shoes was on his foot. And now he's seeing how the other person felt. That's why you don't, I say, when you go to work, you don't sit up in the office because the boss allow you to and laugh and cut the food with the boss. Because that same boss that you laughing and cutting the food with is going to be your worst enemy. And guess what? It was his worst enemy. But see, sometimes people don't listen because they, oh, they love me. They like me. They give me this. And they, I said, they're setting you up for a fall, baby. You better recognize who you're around. You better recognize when the enemy, the enemy know your weakness. He, he sets us up to fall. The word says that he entices. How did he do it? With words and with action. The enemy come, he come nicely, y'all. He come nicely. He pat you on your back. You're the best employee I got. You're the only one that I can trust with this job. Everything I give you, you always get it done. And I just appreciate you. If you don't go behind the scenes, they will use you. To make you think you're their favorite and then they're talking about you behind your back. That's how offense comes. So when you find out what they were doing, now you done cut them off. Get out of my face. I know you devil. 
as Miss Andy said, nothing but the devil. You fi- you hate them then. You don't want no, but you are the one that was saying God is good. Let me tell you how good God is. But as soon as they cut you off, is he still good? Do you have hate in your heart? Do you have offense? See, that's we, we're gonna go there tonight too. We're going to go there because I, we talked about, let me go to verse 26. It, it tells us in 25, he must correct his opponents with courtesy and gentleness in the hope that God may grant that they will repent and come to know the truth. So we correct them in meekness and in gentleness so they can come to know the truth. If we come harshly at them, a soft answer Turns away wrath. Grievous words stir up anger. So if we come with them in gentleness, even though they're coming at us another way, it's going to bring them back to truth. It's going to have them to have a change of mind. And 26, it says, and they, and that they may come to their senses and escape out of the snare of the devil, having been held captive by him, henceforth to do his God's will. So if we don't come in gentleness, that person is still held in a trap. And guess what? We just got trapped. Because we're not doing it God's way. We're doing it our way. When we do it God's way, it's going to always turn out for good, no matter how bad it looked. Because God takes what was meant for harm, and he turn it around, and he make it for our good. We may be taking some punches. We may be talked about. We may be humiliated. But long as we stay where the word of God would have for us to stay, guess who's going to come out on top? God is going to be glorified. God is going to be shining through this. We're supposed to let our light shine. They're supposed to see the light of God coming through us. And y'all, to be honest, if our family don't see it in the home that we're in, how can we come to church and act like we're so in love with the body of Christ, but we get home and treat our family any kind of way? We talk to them any kind of way. The way I talk to my husband at home should be the way I talk to him in here. It should not be any different. Now, if I'm, oh, baby, oh, honey, what can I do for you? What did you say, baby? Honey, it's okay, all in front of y'all. And I get home and say, let me tell you something. You know good, you know what. And he's looking at me like, why are you acting off when you go to church? That's because it's something in me that I don't deal with at home. But when I get to church, I act like I dealt with it. That's a hypocrite. That's a play actor because your family know you better than anybody else. See, you get tried by your words. You know, my family always see me in the office or they'll see me in the living room. I choose places all over the house to sit there and talk to the Lord or or walk or do what I have to do. So the Lord told me one day when I was in study, he said, I want you to ask your son, have you changed since you've been saved? Have you changed? And I'm like, huh? He said, ask your son. So, you know, me and Jeremy always had some stuff going on. So I said, okay. So I asked him, I said, Jeremy, I said, have I changed over the years? And I didn't have to say nothing else. He said, mama, you the same person that I have always known. If you say, don't watch that on TV, you still say, don't watch that on TV. You the same, mama. This is, just how you, this is just how you are. And let me tell you why I had to be that way with my children. If you don't stand for what's right, you don't stand for nothing. 
So they always knew me. I may get this, that, or the other coming at me in the house. Or the enemy tried to play me and my husband against each other, but we learned the tactics of the enemy. We'll go to ourselves, not with our children hearing us fussing at one another. Because, no, that don't work up in here. We'll talk about this. We'll talk about it later. They don't hear all of that. Why? Because that's bringing strife in front of your children, letting them know, this is how I treat my wife. Or this is how I treat my husband. I'm going to do what my mama did. I'm going to knock him out. Or I'm going to do like my daddy did. Just leave the house and don't come back. No. So you got to be, your children got to see the same pattern. And if you get off that pattern or say something that should not be said, you grab your kids and say, that was wrong what I said to your mama. That was wrong what I said to your dad. That is not acceptable. And you apologize. Why? Because they remember those things. They, they remember what you said and how you did it. So no matter how that husband or that wife make you mad, you don't want to present that in front of your children. That's why me and my husband, they laugh at us. When me and him are, are talking about certain things, that's just how they are. That's just, just how they are. So what I'm trying to say is if we don't deal with offense, it's because we're trying to hide something. And that's because the enemy wants it hidden so you won't know what's really going on in your life. We talked about that feeling betrayal brings offense. If a man or woman ever betrayed you, if they ever hurt you, then you can hold some offense and not even really let them know it. So feeling betrayed can bring offense. It's when someone you trust breaks that trust by doing something that hurts you. That can be in a marriage that can be in a relationship with um, a friend that you may have and they done something to hurt you and they're not even aware that they done it. You still talking to them, but you're not telling them what they done. You know, we always say, it's okay. No, it's okay. But I have learned if the Holy Spirit prompt me with any of my sheep or anybody, if we having a conversation and I may say something, Willie. <laughs> <laughs> Will he hear me? If I may say something and the Holy Spirit says, uh-uh, go back and correct that. I have to then do it. Why? Because if I leave it there overnight, the enemy heard it. So he's going to go in somebody's ear and say, mm-hmm, some kind of Christian she is. Didn't you hear what she said? So I try to make it my business to call back and say, I am so sorry. I shouldn't have said that. That was so wrong. Forgive me. That's what God wants us to do. And guess what happens when you do that? It makes people aware of what they said. And they go back and say, you know what? I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have went off that way. We're helpers of one another. We talked about offended people are, number one, those who have been treated unjustly. They know they've been treated unjustly. But people act like they didn't treat them unjustly, so they're holding that offense because nobody's apologizing for treating them that way. Number two, those who believe they have, have been treated, those who believe now, they hadn't been, but they believe they've been treated unjustly. They believe with all their hearts that they have been treated wrong. Their conclusions are drawn from inaccurate information or the information is accurate, but the conclusion is distorted. So you believe you've been treated unjustly. 
Like maybe I say something to Teresa and Teresa believe I have treated her unjustly because I hadn't said that to somebody else. So Teresa will hold that against me. But the information she got is not correct because it was distorted because she didn't hear what I actually said. Because when you have offense already, people words change in your head. When you have a fit, I'll, I'll give you this example, and I'll use Teresa again. If I come at Teresa wrongly one time, and then I go back to Teresa and I tell, I apologize for the way I came. If Teresa let that still be in her head, the next time I come to Teresa, only thing she heard was the first time. Because she didn't deal with that hurt that hurted her. And it didn't actually come the first time I got loud. That came from somebody else. And it just added to it. So now I'm looking like a villain. Even though I said I'm so sorry. I shouldn't have said it. But the problem is. If I'm saying I'm sorry and I shouldn't have said it. I have to work on my way I come. So the Holy Spirit has to work with both of us. Because I know This is how Teresa is. So I got to watch how I approach Teresa. Maybe Calvin is a thug. Y'all know he ain't no thug. But maybe he's a thug. Or act like a thug. And he's a Christian. So when I go to Teresa, I have to go to her. My pitch got to be different with Teresa more than this with Calvin. I'll go to Teresa and I'll say, Teresa, please forgive me for what I said. That was not right. And, you know, my tone is different. But if I go to Calvin and he acting like a thug, forgive me for what I said. My tone was not right. No problem. No, he can accept that tone because that's where he is. He don't pay no attention to that because that's where he is. That's that's just that's not meaning that he's a bad person. But he look at it as as if. Wow, you know, she coming at me in a way I can receive it. But everybody is so different, y'all. It's just where they are. And the more they grow and the more they get to know you, you can really feel normal. What am I saying by normal? Have you ever been around people and you just have an anxiety? Because they so toe up and they're not trying to go in the word to get fixed up. They so toe up. You sitting there just like this right here, like you own some narcotics or some drugs. You scared to open your mouth to say good morning, goodbye, how you doing? Hey, how was work? You don't know what to say to them because they ready to bite you already. So you just say, hey. And then they look at you and say, why you say hey to me like that? And when you say it to Renee, you say, hey, girl. They got offended. Your way of speaking to her was different from speaking to me. Why? Oh, you done lit my fire now. Do you really want to know why? But the way I'm coming at them is wrong. I should have handled this a long time ago to let that person know, hey, you may not recognize this, but the Lord is showing me that you are very hurt and you get very offended over some things that happened yesteryears and you're bringing that offense Now, in front of people that really want to be there for you and they're backing off from you because you don't put up a wall. So that's why people don't say too much to you because they don't know how you will come off. I want it to be honest and upfront with you 
Because the word says. Somebody got to tell them, y'all, we can't let them die like that. We can't let them think it's okay when it's not okay. Some things you just can't leave alone because that person thinks that they are okay. Their thinking is distorted because that offense that they have that's sitting there, they're not hearing God clearly. The enemy is speaking to them saying, ain't your fault. And he'll give you a scripture. And you'll think it's God. And it ain't God. That's you wanting it to be okay. Just like a person that steady commits fornication and they do it so much and they flesh like it so much and they just feel like, you know, this is just what need to happen. I need to try it out before I marry it. You know, I need to ride with it for a while before I marry it to see how they're going to do. And they're thinking it's okay. And you're their bestest friend. And you're saving. They're supposed to be saving. You're seeing them tried out every night. And you know it ain't right. You're going home and telling your husband, that girl is turning out to be a hoe. But you get in her face, hey, girl, where we going to eat? We going to the movies tonight. Hey, what Fred doing? Tell Fred, I say, girl, you know you picked a good one. Liar. But you want to keep the friendship. So you letting them think it's okay. The love of God don't do that. The love of God goes to that person that you love and you tell them the truth. If they never say nothing else to you, you be upfront and honest. The next thing that we talked about, the enemy will make a person. We talked about thinking that they're okay to keep it hidden because he want to keep you what? Trapped. He want to keep you trapped. So he wanted to stay hidden. And this is how it comes. We talked about pride. A person that think that they're not wrong is a prideful person. A person who always sees somebody else's fault and don't see their own, they are a prideful person. That's why we have to look at ourselves. Now, I want to go over dealing with how things that pop up in our lives or troubles that come, afflictions that come, that will show us what's there. Sometimes those things have to come to show us there's an issue. Like when a person stir up something in you that you thought wasn't there, we need to be giving God glory. We need to be rejoicing and saying, God, they showed me something. Through what they said has shown me I'm not there yet. So God, I still need some help from the Holy Spirit. Let's look at, Jesus was talking to the church, Laodicea, about their true heart condition. See, the enemy wants your heart to stay hardened. He don't want your heart to be pliable before God. He don't want your heart to be tender. A hardened heart is more sensitive to offense. It's more sensitive to sin the way that the world does things than being sensitive to God. So this church in Laodicea in Revelations 3, 14 through 20. Revelations 3, 14 through 20. Let's hear what God had to say to the church at Laodicea. See, this church didn't see the root of what was going on with them. They were looking at something else. And sometimes we don't see what's going on with us because we think we're okay until the fire is heated up. And 3... 14 through 20, it says, And unto the angel of the church of Laodiceans, this is talking to the pastor of that church, 
These things says the amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. This is Jesus. He said, I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would thou that you were cold or hot. I would thou were cold or hot. So then because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spoo thee out of my mouth. So God said, you're lukewarm. You need to be cold or you need to be hot. Because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing. See, this is what they're saying. Because they was rich, they increased in goods. They say, I have need of nothing. And knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. See, God was showing them their true condition. They were looking at, I don't need nothing. I got everything that I need. So God was revealing what was in their heart. That's what we're talking about. A person have stuff hidden, but they act like it's not there. But God says it's time for this stuff to be exposed. I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in fire, that thou mayest be rich and white remnant, that thou may be clothed, and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear. And anoint thine eyes with eye slab, and that thou may see. So God began to say, as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten to be zealous, therefore, and repent. So God was letting them know, I'm telling you your true condition. And this is what God is coming in here tonight to say. People need to know their true condition. Somebody got to let them know through the spirit where you are because things get so hidden behind other stuff that you think you okay. He told this church, you are not okay. He said, you're not okay. Your heart is not right before me. And see, sometimes our heart won't be right before the Lord because we have hardened our heart you know, from the things of God, and we're more sensible to the things of the world. So he said, let me show you your true condition, because you don't see your true condition. Thank God for Jesus. Thank God for the Holy Spirit. That's why we have to spend time with him and say, God, show me my true condition, because I can talk all day long, and I can begin to reveal to you what the word is saying. But if you don't go back and say, Holy Spirit, show me my true condition and quit trying to cover it up and act like I was okay to do what I did because they done this to me. It ain't tit for tat. You ain't in elementary no more. You ain't in high school no more. You getting taught the meat of the word of God. So you shouldn't look at what that one did. And this is why you did what you did. I remember when I started out in ministry and the Lord was dealing with me with some things in my life. I remember me and my husband had a disagreement And in that disagreement, he went one way, I went another. But the way we were going was to God to get by ourselves. So when I got with God and I said, he didn't even say he was sorry. God said, "Uh -uh, I'm dealing with you. Whether he say he's sorry or not, I want you to go tell him that you are sorry. I said, okay. Before I can even get up and go, he said, and keep your butt out of it. Because I sure was. I was going to go tell that man, if you hadn't said what you said, I wouldn't have said what I said. But God said, "Uh -uh -uh uh-uh-uh-uh. I don't even want you to say that. I just want you to tell him you're sorry. So, of course, I did that. He didn't say nothing. So I had to go back with Jesus. I said, I told him what you said. He he said, "Uh uh-uh. He said, I'm dealing with you. You came to me. And you asked me, so I'm telling you what you need to be dealing with. Guess what? He did tell me he was sorry. But I wanted him to tell me he was sorry right then, but it wouldn't have done no good. 
Because see, God had to still work on him. He had to still work on me. He wanted us to see what was going on, what was causing all of this between us. The problem, y'all, in marriages and in relationships, people don't communicate no more. You got men that's trying to let women know, I'm head. I'm the priest. You either going to listen to me or you go back home to your daddy. It don't work like I pay the bills up in here. I, you full of pride. That's why we have to seek the Lord while he can be found. Because if a man or woman think that they're dependent on each other, not dependent on God, you're going to have some offense in that house. But guess what? I'm going to give y'all a nugget. Sometimes we can make people the way they are because we want people to depend on us. Y'all ain't never been in that situation that you want people to depend on you because you're suffering from rejection. And as long as you can get people to depend on you, you feel like you accept it. This is why we have some women that don't get the love they need from their husband. So they depend on their children and they spoil them and they buy them this and they buy them that. And they try to make sure that the kids are like all state on their side. Or is it nationwide on my side? They try to make sure that the kids are always on mama's side and hate daddy. They want the kids to see daddy as being wrong. Or the daddy don't want the, the son mad at him, so he let the son have his way while the mama is trying to tell him, no, the son got some issues and we need to come together with these issues. You can't keep giving him keys because at this time he don't need to be driving a car right now. He got some issues. But the daddy say, oh, no, he ain't going to be raised like I was raised. I love my son, so this is what I'm going to do for my son, and he can drive when he want to drive. And you just keep your mouth shut because I pay that car pay. Okay, you humble yourself and you go pray. Because if you don't give the word the way it need to be given, y'all, we don't have to keep saying nothing. And I believe all of us have that issue. We want to have the, la- the last word. Jesus was the one that had the last one and he said it is finished. So our last word should be, it is finished. Nothing else need to be said. My grandfather always, when God gave him something to tell you, he told you, you didn't hear it no more. And that's what hurt the most. He wouldn't say nothing else. Say something. What's the point of telling you over and over again? You heard me the first time. So you got to make the choice from what you heard. I cannot change you. The only one can change you is him, the word of God. So I have to let the word go to work in you. So we see that he was letting that church know this is how you are. But the hearts get so hardened through sin, we can't even see what's hidden. Hebrews 3.13, expanded Bible says, but encourage each other every day while it is today. Help each other so none of you will become hardened because of sin that has tricked you. That's why we have to encourage each other. Every opportunity we get when we come in fellowship, we're encouraging one another. So our hearts won't be hardened. So we won't be tricked by the enemy. And we know, some people know, gold is soft and it is pliable. That's how gold's supposed to be. But when gold gets mixed with other substances, with other things it become hardened and the only way that gold can 
become soft and pliable is they mix something with that goal and whatever they mix with that goal, the other impurities, they'll float to the top and the goal will get heavy and it'll go to the bottom. This is what happens with your heart. When your heart become hardened, it's got everything there. Bitterness, it's got anger, it's got offense, it's got strife, it's got all of those things that's hardened your heart. So the love of God cannot flow through you. But when you begin to ask the Holy Spirit to show you where you harden at, show me those hard places in my life. Show me where I allow things to come in, where I can't hear what you have to say. Y'all, the, the worst thing is when God is sending somebody to you to tell you the truth and you ain't been in the truth and you won't accept the truth because you think you're right, the person that's giving you the truth is really hurting more than you because they know it's true. They only telling you what's best for you, but you backing off because you in pride because you thinking it shouldn't be this way. But if you never in the word, if you never get before God and say, God, my heart has become hardened in this area. If you never have your heart pliable and tender before God, guess what? When the word is coming, it's going to bounce off of you. You're going to say, I'm not accepting that. You become so insensitive to hearing the word because you think you are so right. You're justifying. I'm acting like this because you made me this way. The devil is a lie. You're justifying how you feel and you're basing it on what a person said. But you got to look behind where that's coming from. That's a spirit. You can't be looking at that person and calling them out and say, I did it because many act all stuck up. He made me like this. Man, he didn't make you that way. He allowed the spirit to use him to entice you to sin. Y'all, when you allow a spirit to use you, to say something harsh to somebody because they hit you where it hurt with truth, woe be unto you. God said it. He said, woe to the one that's bringing the offense. If I said something to you, And it offended you. And you're coming back to me to tell me you were offended by it, which you probably were. It's how you come back to me and tell me you were offended. You can't use somebody else or something else to say, this is how I felt. It ain't about your feelings. It's about the word of God. That's carnally minded. Or if you back off of the church because somebody offended you, you quit paying your tithes, you quit coming into fellowship, you're acting all snobby. Come on, you're letting the devil entrap you. That's not godly. And this is why the churches are so tore up because people are not speaking truth and everybody think that they can gossip. Everybody think that they can offend people and act like it's okay. It is not okay. You are out of alignment. You are out of alignment. And this is what God was telling me. When I was speaking to God, I said, God, what in the world is going on? He said, they are out of alignment. And he said, the only way you can get back in alignment is with my word. And then he began to use a car. That's why I had asked my husband that day. He began to use a car. And my husband explained to me, God said, when your car is out of alignment, it goes any kind of way it want to go. It go to the right, it go to the left. You know it's out of alignment. And what you have to do, you have to put it back into alignment. 
He said, the way you put yourself back in alignment where you won't go left, where you won't go right. He said, I want you to go straight ahead. I want you to fix your eyes on me, who's the author and finisher of your faith. You got to realize I'm out of alignment. If you are in the word, the word going to tell you, you out of alignment. But if you never go to the word, you go in every kind of way. Why did Abraham say, you go left, I go right. You go right, I go left. We're brethren. He was putting things into alignment. You ain't going to leave. Some of y'all cars might be out of alignment now and you ain't got so used to going left and right. You thinking your car is driving okay. I may get in your car and say, this car ain't right. And then your tires. (laughs) My husband explains about the tires being chopped. They need to be balanced. (laughs) Some of us are not balanced in the word of God. We all chopped up. That's why everything is coming. He said, the only way you can come into alignment is through my word. And you cannot say that you serve in me and you've been out of alignment for 20 years and have all of this in your heart. And you come into church and you're giving people the right hand of fellowship. Welcome. And all of this you got built up in you. We got to take the time not just to go in here and just read. But go in here after you read, you got to meditate. You got to study to show yourself approved unto God. Letting them know that you are workmen. See, when I go in here, y'all, I have to deal with me. I can't just go in the word of God and say, God, show me what to get him on Sunday. I have to take the time to say, God, deal with me. God, what is it in me that I may not see in a run of a week that the enemy is trying to get me with? Show, he was showing me alignment. Don't let people take you out of alignment. Don't let them take you away from where I have put you. Don't you take your eyes off the word because of what people say. Stay in alignment with my word. You know when you're swerving. Everybody know when they're swerving. Get into alignment with the word. Uproot that offense that are in you. And people, when you know somebody say something wrong to you, don't be trying to say something to them to make them feel bad. Be long-suffering. That's what he wants us to be. But when your heart is not right, and it's hard, nothing can get in it. And the enemy knows that. So let's ask ourselves, ask the Holy Spirit, search me, because this word is coming in here strong. So it's something that's, that's still here. Some of us say we know. Your lifestyle should show what you know. People should be able to see that change. And don't just humble yourself to say you humble yourself. Don't be faking it to make it. Don't be acting like you okay in front of people and you showing all humility, but deep down inside, you see yourself wringing somebody's neck. Let's just be honest. You be honest with the Lord because he know your thoughts from afar off. So let's keep these teachings before us. Because y'all, tonight, I like to cancel Bible study. Did I not, honey? I show up. I said, oh, Jesus. I said something, Lord, this word must be going to be mighty hot off the press tonight because it come at me, y'all, hard. And I said, oh, mm, I sit home first. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I said, but God, that's not you. 
So I had to take care of something before I come up here. You get tried by what you're teaching because the enemy don't want this to be heard. So let's deal with this offense. Let's deal with this strife. Let's love one another. Let's be there to help one another, to build one another up. You may not like what I say. I may not like what you say. But we're supposed to be able to love each other enough to come before one another and say, you know what? I need to ask you something. Some people get the word crooked. They, they take it out of content because of where they are. And it's not what some people said. Because I remember, y'all, if I'm wrong, y'all tell me. Because I had to ask Athea, do you stick your head out? No, I heard it back there. How many times did I ask you this, Athea? Because Athea, I have to check my teaching. They had out on me. I was telling people, don't you wear no mask. How many times I check you with that? And what did I ask you, Athea? Yes. Didn't I ask you, did I tell people not to wear a mask? I had that coming at me left and right. She's up there telling people not to wear a mask. She's giving people misinformation. And I said, wait a minute. I don't recall saying that, but I'm going to humble myself. I humble myself. And I said, Thea, tell me, did I ever say for people not to wear a mask? Do you know why that was coming back at me? Because when God was letting them know before they made us wear masks, I said, it's where you are with him. I said, if you are not in that place, even as a Christian, put on the mask and don't be play acting. But if you are in that place and you believe in Psalms 91, if you don't want to wear a mask, don't wear the mask. It's the place you're in. And they took it all out of content and I said, and said people should not wear a mask. This is where offense come in at. An offensive person will change what you say. And by the way, why am I feeling a pull still on that with somebody trying to say, let me go find it? I feel it. Lord Jesus Christ, I'm going to go find it. What she said, I'm going to go find it. Go through the archives. Find it, please. Because Miracle Temple, if y'all were one of the ones, that was saying, my pastor told us not to wear a mask. I beg you to differ. Because I even tell you, if you need medicine, take it. Take your medicine. That's where you are. But if you in a place with God that you feel like you don't need to take it, don't take it. It's just where you are. It's where your faith is in him. But don't knock people that are where they need to be in him. That's offense. So let's do what the word tell us to do. And when you're doing it, people don't knock people. Even if you don't eat vegetables, well, you don't eat meat, and you eat vegetables, if I know where you are, I ain't going to get me a big steak and stick it in front of you and say, Ooh, child, this steak is good. I ain't going to make you stumble because that's what you believe. I'm going to sit down and humble myself knowing I'm hungry and say, Okay, you a vegetarian. That's all you cook. I eat it. Because that's where they are. So we got to do what the word of God tell us to do. We got to keep offense out the church. We got to keep strife out the church. And the only way you're going to do it is getting into your word and hearing what the word of God has to say. Because if you don't, you will leave the church. Some people will sit in the church and been left the church. They just sitting there. <laughs> we all done it. Amen. So I pray that this teaching has helped somebody. Because I'm going to tell you, y'all. 
He's helping me. Lord Jesus Christ is helping me. So I give God glory for it. Do we have any announcements?